Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God. Our sin and our debt overcoming Jesus. Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong, the blind can see, the lost are found. We had heard the stories of old, yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken, behold freedom rising, now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing, his plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. 
Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. Triumph still 
rise Day and night, night and day let incense rise Day and night, night and day let incense rise Day and night, night and day let incense rise
The Gospel of Luke captures the scene of Jesus going to the cross. And in Luke verse 32, we get a picture. It kind of zooms out off of Jesus and onto the two people that would hang next to him. It's such an important part of the crucifixion story. And it's why this is better than good. We call it Good Friday. But good doesn't just seem to capture the right language of what this really means for people of faith like you and me. Or what it could mean for those of you who have yet to place your faith in this Jesus of Nazareth. It says this, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. The scene is dark. It's hard. It's hopeless. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals. One on the right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Such a powerful cry from Jesus, our Savior, from the cross. And their response was, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. We learn in Matthew chapter 27 and 19 that the other thief started this story hurling the same kind of insults at this Jesus. But here in verse 40 of Luke, Luke captures this reaction as the procession of mockery continued. It says, but the other criminal rebuked him saying, don't you fear God? Since you were under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Then all the people who gathered to witness this sight saw what took place. They beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching 
these things. Talk about adding insult to injury. I mean, Jesus had already been beaten. He had already been whipped, brutally crowned of thorns, placed on his head. And now, even as he hangs on the cross, the mockery continues. It wasn't enough. It goes, it gets, it gets worse than worse. Nobody got it. Adding insult to injury. Kicking a man while he was down, but this was no man. This was the Son of God. They mock him. Everybody mocks him, except his followers who stood at a distance. And none of them got it, except this one thief. Pilate didn't get it. He didn't want anything to do with it. He saw it. He understood that there's nothing to accuse this man of, that he did not deserve death. And he stood there with Barabbas, hoping that they would take Jesus, having been warned by his wife that he was about to seal the fate of this innocent man. But it wasn't really in Pilate's hands. Yet he, he didn't get it. He chose to just kind of like take a seat and see what happens, trying to wash his hands of the whole situation, knowing that Jesus was a righteous man, knowing that Jesus was different. And yet for whatever reason, to keep his position, his power, he stepped back and just didn't get it. Barabbas didn't get it. I mean, here was the worst criminal ever, a thug, a murderer, an insurrectionist. He was a, the worst of the worst. And he stood here on the stage with Jesus as Pilate offers the venomous crowd each of them. It's your tradition, he says, to let one free on the Passover. Who should it be? It should be Jesus. This one has done nothing wrong, but I also present to you Barabbas. And here with the contrast of the worst of the worst, the best of the best, the one who had killed and murdered and caused so much pain and strife, and the one who had healed the blind, made the sick well, caused the lame to walk, had brought Lazarus back from the dead, and the crowd yells, crucify him, give us Barabbas, give us the thug. The crowd didn't get it. Barabbas, Barabbas didn't get it either. I mean, even though he had been freed, he didn't deserve to be freed, and he walked out free man no punishment for his crime because of this Jesus yet he didn't he didn't get it the soldiers who gathered they didn't get it just mocked him continually caught up in the frenzy of the moment if you are some king if you are some messiah then why are you hanging there on this tree they didn't get it the religious leaders certainly didn't get it. Caught up in their system of power and control. They would be the weights holding down the people and keeping them from freedom. They certainly didn't get it. They celebrated this moment as a victory. It was a victory, but it wasn't a victory for them. It wasn't a victory for man and man's power and control. It was so much more than that. It was a victory 
of Jesus. And you have this picture of these two soldiers, one on each side. And both starting to mock Jesus, but then one rerouting in the middle of it. You see, he caught it. The first thief in chapter Luke, this chapter of Luke, he yells, Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. He, he didn't get it either. If, if you are the Messiah, you could save me and yourself. His selfish, prideful, bitter heart to the very end. So sad that that's how his story ends. Eternally separated from this Jesus who just hung feet from him, dying for his sins. He didn't get it. And the other criminal takes this moment and he catches it. He, he sees something in Jesus that's different. See, if you know Jesus, then you don't say things like, if you can save me, if you can do this, if you are the Messiah. And I know religion gets in the way, and so many of us have have these barriers built up obstructing a proper and right view of who this Jesus is and what he actually did and how he actually feels towards us. We clog it up with ritual and religion and our past and everything we hear from everybody else. But if we could just see Jesus clearly, what we would catch is the hope that this other thief this repentive thief caught. You see, he saw in Jesus someone who had done no wrong. He saw the Messiah hanging there on his tree, the one that would offer salvation. And in a beautiful moment of faith, he realized that Jesus is enough. He's always been enough. He's enough. He's enough for us. He's enough for you. His grace is enough. Faith in Him is enough. We don't have to dress it up with other religious acts. It's, we are saved by His grace alone, through faith alone, Scripture tells us. If only we would just see Him clearly. And tonight's the night. In the midst of all of this darkness and pain and all this mockery and evil, in the midst of the darkest of dark nights, here still is the light of the world offering hope and forgiveness and grace. He is enough for your broken heart. He is enough for your twisted sins. He is enough to make you new, to give you life, to give you hope for a future. He is enough to love you unconditionally. He is enough. And your faith, when placed in Him and the grace He offers you through the shedding of His blood on this dark night, is enough not just for whatever you're going to walk through on this planet, but it's enough for you to have eternity in paradise. I love the contrast. So dark 
and yet paradise hangs right on the edge. All of the good you could have ever imagined and better. All of the joy you had ever hoped for and better. An existence that takes the very best of what we have experienced here and perfects it. You can't even imagine this paradise and hear this thief hung. Minutes away from stepping into eternity with Jesus. Your story doesn't end with death. And Jesus would prove it as he rose from the grave three days later. He is enough. If you would just see him clearly and place your faith in him. On this dark night, light still shines Hope still lingers. Paradise still awaits even you. And it's never too late to see this Jesus and place your faith in him. Maybe you've never placed faith in him. You've just been playing church and religion. No wonder it seems so lame and exhausting and boring. Lose all of that preconceived notions about what this is all about. And right now, just see Jesus. He loves you perfectly. He lived perfectly. He came to offer you redemption and forgiveness. The Bible says we've all sinned. And the wages of sin is death. And it's just missing the mark. We stop there when we shouldn't. Because God offers us grace and forgiveness freely. And what he did on the cross offers us the covering of those sins and takes us from guilt and shame to righteousness. Man, would you place your faith in him? There's nothing religious about it. It's just a matter of saying, God, I give you my heart. Thank you for what you have done on this cross. As Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus died and was raised again for me. That's it. That's all it takes. Just seeing Jesus clearly and believing in him. And paradise is yours. We're going to celebrate communion. And I hope you have some juice or some wine or some bread, any crackers, anything. I don't, it doesn't really matter what you use at home. I'm going to pray to bless it, and then we're going to celebrate communion together. And if you'd like to take a moment and just grab that stuff, you can hit pause right now, or you can maybe have it ready. Um, in Corinthians, it tells us that we're supposed to take these elements with a right heart before God, so this is a moment for us to just kind of get real with Him and say if there's anything we need to confess or anything we need help with um, with him just to kind of take those moments to get things right with him it says in scripture in Corinthians as Paul is talking to the church in Corinthians it says for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you have some crackers or some bread, I have 
this little wafer and this cup. You can take that out. I'm just going to thank God for it, and we'll take it together. God, thank you for your body, which was broken for us in this incredible act on the cross. We can't understand or even comprehend the torment of that moment as you took God's wrath upon your flesh as a sacrifice for our sins to cover us and to make us white as snow. We thank you so much for your body that was broken. And tonight, better than all other nights, we remember that this was better than good because of the paradise you were offering to us through your sacrifice. We thank you for this body broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may eat. It also says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God, we thank you for this cup that represents your blood shed for us. We're so thankful and grateful for the sacrifice you made for the remission of our sins and that we can have a right relationship with you through your blood shed for us. Help us to see past all the religion and all the distractions to just see you clearly, your grace, your love, your forgiveness. You pursue us because you are passionate for us. You have come, a light in the darkness, to fill us with joy and peace and to steal the sting of death. We're so thankful for the eternity we have for those of us that have placed our faith in you, in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. You may drink. It is so good to celebrate together on this night that is better than good. It's not just Good Friday. Paradise is hanging on the brink, and I am so thankful that you have celebrated with us online. Just see Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is important. Just Jesus, see him clearly and his great, great, great love for you. I can't wait till I see you next time. Until then, be blessed and know that I love you and God loves you even more. I come for love, I come for peace, I come before you on my knees. Lord, hear my cry, you're all I need, oh God, I come to the cross.
forsaken For by my side The Savior He will stay I labor on In weakness and rejoicing For in my need His power is displayed To this I hold My shepherd will defend me Through the deepest valley He will lead Oh, the night has been won And I shall overcome Yet not I, but through Christ in me No
Were creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then from north and south and east to west We'd hear Christ be magnified Were the whole earth echoing his eminence His name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountain tops We'd hear Christ be magnified Let his 
and defeat.